Patas. 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 Welcome to Fart House, where we watch the artsiest, fartsiest films so that you can pretend you did. I am one of your hosts, Casey O'Brien, and I'm joined by the little dude himself, Patrick Mallon. Patrick, how you doing? I'm doing okay. I um, Oh, shit. What's wrong? I purchased this natty wine. You know, it's like kind of cool and hip to have like natural wine. Very cool and hip. Trisha is a big fan of them. Yeah. And I like the orange wines. Yes, the orange wines are very nice. I got this natural red wine. It's a blend of a few different grapes. I forget which ones. Um, and it's really awful. And it's kind of oh, like, no. yeah, it's bumming me out. It tastes like super medicinal, so like cough syrupy and like... Mm. And I'm all down for like a funky flavor profile. Don't get me wrong. I'm down with the funk. I'm down with yeah. things that you might not expect in your beverage, but this is just kind of generally off-putting. So, when you were uh, on the dating apps, yeah. When you were on the dating apps, do you think it was uh, people described your dating profile as a funky flavor profile? <laughs> no, I think I was a certified vibe destroyer. <laughs> oh, that's right. You certified vibe destroyer. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Patrick. Wine okay. is a. It's a tough animal to tame. Yeah, you know? it is tough. And it's it goes down extremely this not this one, but other ones go down very easy, so it's it's tough because no other alcoholic beverage for me goes down as easily as wine. So I actually don't drink it as much because I could just like keep going. And that's such Wait, high and you're drinking it right now? Yeah, I'm having a glass right now. So you truly are a certified vibe destroyer because you're bringing that negative juice into this space. <laughs> well, I'm going to overcome it. I'm going to choose to have a well, positive we'll attitude about it. I'm going to look for the things in it that I like. I'm going to find a little flavor in there that I enjoy, and I'm going to latch onto it, focus on that flavor, and ride it out. That sounds like a good plan, <laughs> Patrick. How you doing, Case? I'm doing well. I'm going to be seeing you in a countdown three days. Yes. Isn't that wild? When Are this you airs, you'll be headed back. You'll have already been here. Yeah, so, I know. It'll so be, tell it'll everyone be what over. a good time you had. I had a great time until the incident. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad. Patrick, are you nervous to see me in real life, or do you feel like you're going to explode with emotion when you see me? I'm a little anxious. I always get anxious before I see people I haven't seen in a long time. I know. Are you a little I, anxious? It, I don't like traveling, mm, and that's so right, that's I right. am anxious on that front. We're bringing our dog Dolly, mm -hmm. so you know, there's always a little bit more complications. She with travels that, pretty well, though, doesn't she? Oh yeah, she's just a heavy bag. Essentially, mm -hmm. she doesn't move. She likes to be in this dark little cave mm -hmm. bag, and we just carry her around, and she's fine. But Does she go through the X-ray machine? I have to carry her through the X-ray machine. We don't put her on the the what the conveyor oh, you don't belt put her on the conveyor. The, okay. No. <laughs> I wonder if that would cause any harm. I kind of feel like it would. It seems I don't like want to risk it. If it destroys film, like it probably wouldn't be good for a dog. For a little dog, a little, little elderly dog. Yeah, that'd be bad. Yeah. Oh, anyways, thank you for coming. We had a great time with you guys here. You're, yes, uh, thank you for being such a great host. It was really fun until, of course, like I said, the incident. Uh, Patrick, yes. do we have any patrons we need to shout out? We do. We have uh, Nico Villacana from Fairfield, Nico. California. Thank you, Nico. Do you know where Fairfield is, Patrick? I had to look it up and I forgot. Actually, Do you know where it is? No, I don't. I have no idea where Fairfield is. I think it, it sounds might very be nice. near Upland. Let's see. Where is Upland? Upland is like out east of Los Angeles. Oh, no, Fairfield is Fairfield is like a North Bay suburb. Oh, fun. Oh, cool. 
Yeah. Well, thank you, Nico, for becoming a patron of the farts and supporting this show. Patrick, what's Nico's favorite artsy fartsy movie? Their favorite movie is Lady Bird. That is their favorite oh, artsy fartsy movie. Excellent choice, Nico. Love what a wonderful film. Lady Bird. I love that movie so. Me too. It's great. I need to watch it again. I'd like to watch it again, too. I love it. The, the entire cast is fantastic. I love um, uh, Lady Bird's parents. Who plays the mom again? Oh, she's so good. Metcalf. Laurie yes, Laurie Metcalf. Metcalf. And then Tracy Letts plays her dad. Uh, Tracy Letts, the playwright who wrote August Osage County, of course. Yes, and also wrote the screenplay for Bug and Killer Joe. Two fun mm. William Friedkin joints. Uh, Very and good. And of course, yes. Shearsha Ronan incredible performance this is my impression of her wait is this what does she say no she says this in little women she goes it is so infuriating <laughs> i love her she's wonderful she's great uh oh another movie that i cried at brooklyn i cried in brooklyn she's uh, great in brooklyn and i cried in that. i cry in every other movie no did you cry in the movie we're going to talk about today no, I did mm. not cry during the movie we're going to talk about today. <laughs> I'm trying to even think of a point where that would have been The end. That's kind of sad. I guess, yeah. yeah. I guess that's true. But thank you, Nico. Thank you, Nico. And Much appreciated. If, if anybody wants to become a patron of The Fart, which you should because we did a really cool Discord screening of Nicolas Cage's The Season of the Witch, <laughs> which was just so bad that and was... worse than I remembered. And all the listeners who watched along with us concurred that the movie was just horrific. Uh, but I think everybody had a great time. And so if you want to join in on these fun little screenings, uh, you should become a patron of the farts. Yeah. We're going to be doing them mm, seasonally, maybe yeah. every quarter. Yeah, maybe one or two a quarter. I don't want to overcommit. But it was really, really fun. And everyone had a really good time. And I uh, felt very thankful for all the engagement we got from everyone that was there. And it was just like... Yes cool to see the community rally around a cause like a shitty Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> yes, a true cause. We can all stand behind and that means something. Right. Uh, yes, his hair, so bizarre. The accent <laughs> the accents. unbelievably bad. Uh, totally forgot Stephen Graham do... was doing his Boardwalk Empire accent. Yet, yeah, even though it took place in Europe and he could have been doing the British accent. And he's a and some British actors... born actor. A lot of actors chose to do British accents. It was un so god awful and bad, but I don't even think we could do that one for a recalibration episode because it was so bad it would actually break the fartsy test. So, <laughs> yeah. um, Patrick, how was your week when it comes to the Letterboxd rundown? Um, it Tell was me. so so. Watched um, uh oh, watch. So I did the watch list picker. I I cheated a bit. Have you? You've, I've told you about the watchlist picker. You've heard about yes. the watchlist picker. Yeah, you put your username, watchlistpicker.com, put in your litter box username. I cheated. I kind of cycled through a few times because Lee and I were watching something together, so we wanted to decide on something together. But landed on this movie from 2014 called Pride. Have you heard of this movie? About um, mm. uh, this LGBTQ rights group in the 80s in London travels to Wales to show their support for the mining community who's on strike during uh, Thatcher's... Oh, yes. I remember. I kind of remember that. Yeah. It was a really good movie. It was really inspiring, oh. and it was sweet, and um, very progressive. It was, like, pro-labor, pro-LGBTQ. It was just a really inspiring sort of movie. So that was fun. Highly recommend it. Um, it was definitely, Great. like, it was kind of, like, slightly on the cheesier scale, and, like... sure. Um, a little too feel goody, but sometimes we need uh -huh. that case. 
Sometimes we, is it a crime to feel good anymore? Sometimes it feels like no, I'm going to no. get arrested for feeling good now. <laughs> no, it's not a crime. I just, I feel feels bad like feeling it. good sometimes. Like I feel like I'm not oh, allowed Patrick. to. Uh, you remember and, Kate, our friend Kate Doyle's insane movie yes. picking system? <laughs> yes. I love that. I think about that sometimes. I, I wonder if she still implements that. Yeah. Uh, Kate, if you're listening, let us know. I remember whenever I see her reviews pop up on Letterboxd, I wonder whose choice it was, if it was hers or her husband's, whose she spreadsheet has, like, it was on. Yeah. Is, yeah, there's a big spreadsheet and randomizer picker thing It's that they've set up. It's quite insane. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> very good. Patrick, what are the movies? Uh, and then the only other one I watch aside from the ones that we're watching for the podcast are, uh, you know, uh, May thir- we're recording this on May 16th, Friday, May 13th, yep. with Friday the 13th. Uh, uh, I fucked up. Oh. I didn't watch a Friday the 13th oh. movie this year, and I usually try to because of you. You inspired me. Yes. I, I messed we up. We famously watched Friday the 13th Part 3 at your apartment. Uh, 3D. 3D. <laughs> and uh, yeah, watch Final uh, Friday the 13th Part 4, the final chapter. Uh, so that was was pretty great. Love that one. And it is not the final chapter. No, there are many more that come after that. It's actually one. very far from the final. Yeah. But yeah, it was really uh, fun. So just, just those two. But, that's good. Um, yeah, this is nice. Wait, I feel like That's I watched great. something else on Saturday night. Huh. It's okay. I don't. We don't need to. You don't want me to keep okay. thinking about it. No, I don't. I don't think the listeners need to hear that. <laughs> okay. Hear that. Wood if I remember, you know I'll bring saying? it back up. But I think we might have Please. just watched TV. All right. Yeah, that's very good. <laughs> uh, I watched four movies. Very nice. Excellent. Three of them are Fast and Furious movies. Ugh, I watched. F- Shut up! Why can't I watch these movies? <laughs> They're fine. They're Isn't fine. it fun? Fast and Furious, which is the Fast and Furious 4. I watched that one. And then I watched Fast 5 and Fast and Furious 6. I'd say Fast 5 is the best of the bunch. It's really good. Uh, and then I also watched The Lost City with Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock. And <laughs> it was, was fun. That? Was it fun? It was fun. It was a it was a goofy little romp. Okay. Had a good time. How was Daniel Radcliffe in it? Good. Evil. I like Daniel Radcliffe. I like him too. Uh, he's done a really good job navigating his career uh, since being Harry Potter, I feel like. All those actors have. I agree. But Daniel Radcliffe, Radcliffe especially, he was like, I'm kind of strange looking. I should only be in strange, unique things, you <laughs> yeah. know? I, I feel like he didn't try to be the hero. Like, I don't know. If you played Harry Potter, you'd be like, I need to be a leading man now. But right. it's like, Well, it's no. like Elijah Wood, too. Elijah Wood has navigated his he post too. Lord of the Rings career very nicely. Are you interested in I- seeing the Weird Al Yankovic? Yankovic? Movie. I am interested in it. But we are tired I of biopics, aren't we? Yeah, but it's like a, it's a fake one. Mm-hmm. There's like not, it's like not real. Right. Oh. So that's kind of funny. Oh, it's not actually based on anything having to do with Weird Al's actual life? There might be some elements, but there's a lot of made up stuff. Oh, that's fun. I didn't realize that. He's making, it's, inte- he's making fun of biopics, okay. actually. Oh, I like that. So I, I'm interested. Okay, cool. In it. Uh, yeah, I have nothing else to say about that. Did you see Lost City uh, in theaters? Is it on demand now on some streaming It's on service? demand. Okay, cool. It's on the Paramount Plus app, which mm. I subscribe to. Excellent, excellent. That's it, Patrick. We've run this ship aground, and it's time <laughs> it's beached. to... We are beached. Uh, it's time to move on okay. to the next section. Here we go! Fart. So this is Fart House. We watch the artsiest, fartiest film so that you can pretend that you did, which is why we're talking about Donnie Darko. And I find it kind of funny. I find it kind of sad. The dreams in which I'm dying are the best I ever heard. 
Very good. Uh, we'll discuss Donnie Darko and subject it to our proprietary fartsy test, which determines how impenetrable this movie really is. But Patrick, do you own this movie and have you seen it before? I ask Patrick this because he do owns so many DVDs I, that he hasn't watched. Do I own it and have I seen it? Uh, such a naive question from such a naive little man. Yes. All right. I own it and I have seen it. I have multiple... Actually, I got rid of all my other copies. At one point, I had three copies of this movie. I had the original, I had the director's uh, cut, and then I have this gorgeous Arrow video box set that comes with theatrical I love cut Arrow. And the director's cut. Um, this was my first time watching that copy, the Arrow video copy, but uh, I do own it, and I've seen it before. Did you watch the director's cut for this one because I feel like this is kind of a famous director's cut where a lot of people watch that instead of the original one. Now. I thought about it, but you watched the theatrical. So I decided to align with you. This was the first time I'd ever seen the theatrical. Oh, really? Oh, I'm very curious I, to hear your thoughts on it. Um, well, I will, I will spew them all over you. Good. You're going <laughs> to love it. Uh, I, I need you to be spewing at all times. This, you know, there, there was a question on Twitter a while ago that was like, what's the most DVD movie of all time? And Donnie Darko's definitely up there. Mm -hmm. I feel like so many people in high school had this movie on DVD at their house. Yeah. I feel like it was the kind of movie, like, if you're, like, helping a friend move, just like, if, just friends always had it around. Like, I feel like I'd always yeah. see it, like, when friends were moving, you're like, hey, like, you're packing up, like, their, like, odds and ends of, like, CDs and DVDs. Like, Donnie Darko was always among them. Throw my, the Donnie Darko. Throw the Donnie Darko in the center console. <laughs> but Patrick, I want to take you back in time. Mm -hmm. What year? Come with me. Let me know which year before I decide whether to say yes. 2001. All right, I'll make it back there. Okay. You are watching Donnie Darko for maybe the first time. What's mm -hmm. it like watching this movie for the first time? What effect did this movie have on you? Did it grab you? Did it repulse you? Did it do both? Tell me. Yes, it did both. I had actually not heard of it until my uncle Jeff, my dad's older brother, uh, we used to go to the movies quite a bit when I was like in middle school and in high school. And he actually took me to my first R-rated movie that I saw in the theater, at least that I remember. Nice. And it was Sleepy Hollow. Um, hmm. Anyways, uh, he had told me about Donnie Darko. And so I remember going to rent it from Blockbuster because this was before Netflix. And, or this is a before big Blockbuster movie. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing it at Blockbuster. And I rented it. And mm -hmm. I had heard nothing about it and rented it and watched it and very much enjoyed it, but didn't really know quite what to make of it. So it didn't really penetrate as much, you know, because I was only around 12 years old then. And oh, then I revisited it like maybe like a year or so later, um, maybe two years, maybe it was like 14. I think I can't remember. It doesn't matter. But I revisited it and became absolutely obsessed with Donnie Darko. Yeah. And it was like a defining film or defining film of my film fandom for much of my yeah. high school years. Until then, of course, we'll we'll touch on this later. Until then, of course, it became kind of uncool to like Donnie Darko because it was like it reached like cultural saturation where if yeah. you said you liked it, you weren't cool. It's not as uncool as let's say the Boondock Saints, but it is kind of thought of mm -hmm. in somewhat of a similar category. I when I first saw this movie, I think I was a sophomore in high school, so I was like fifteen or sixteen. So that would have been two thousand three, two thousand four. Okay, so a few years after it had come out, because I saw it like yeah. a few months after. Oh, it really? Came out. Yeah. Which My of friend... course it was destroyed. Box was destroyed by the September eleventh attacks because it came out like weekend before, or weekend after, or something like that. It also was greatly affected by Columbine too, because Donnie Darko has a gun. Uh, but 
I saw this with my friend John Davey. Hi, John, if you're listening. And I remember watching it in his living. Is he who officiated your wedding, or is that Kevin? That was Kevin. That's his older brother. Mm. Uh, but my friend Kate Farstead said it was one of her favorite movies, and Kate Farstead was always so cool and artsy, and I was like, ooh. And her older brother, Chris Farstad, introduced me to a lot of good music. Mm. What are the like Farstads doing the, like, now? Uh, Kate is a, like, she's a musician in New York and, cool. like, a fine artist. Wow. And Chris is a film archivist in San Francisco, oh I believe. Cool. Yeah. Much better lives cool. than, than I am. <laughs> Much more uh, fun. Anyways, and, yeah, back to what Kate brother, recommended. Well, Kate recommended this movie, and Chris, they were in a band together, a pretty successful Twin Cities band called Mouthful of Bees for a number of years. But... Chris Farstad introduced me to Radiohead and the microphones and a bunch of other good music that really shaped my life. But anyways, Kate told me about this. We watched it, John Davey and I, and it totally rocked my world. I thought this was the best movie of all time. Mm -hmm. It was like, there's no greater film than this. It surpassed the medium of film. I was just so bowled over by it. And it also had a bit of a... I don't know, a mystery about it, or there was something very intriguing about it because the director, Richard Kelly, the writer-director, Richard Kelly, was like 25 when he wrote and directed this. Mm -hmm. And that was right around when I was thinking of going to film school and I wanted to go to USC because Richard Kelly went to USC. Mm -hmm. Didn't get into USC because I'm not that smart. But no, that's not why. It's because they're elitist pricks. Yeah, that's right. And uh, so I was just so drawn to everything about this movie. And then I also saw it at midnight on Halloween in 2005. Ooh, fun. And it was the director's cut. Cool. Wait, the, the first Uptown one Theater. that you saw was the director's cut, right? The first one I saw was the director's yeah. and cut. And did you yes. seek that out or was that just that happened to be the the? I think that was version accidental, that you... to be honest. Okay. The first time. Gotcha. But the second. Yeah. So... Okay. I think Kate was like, watch the director's cut. It's much better. I remember seeing the director's cut in theaters because at this point I had had my Donnie Darko uh, bona fide swell established. I was a huge fan. Yeah, well, so I was very, well established. <laughs> so I was very excited to go see the director's cut in theaters where it did not great, but I think better than the original theatrical run. Oh, you think it did? Yeah, I think I saw... so. I'd have to double check that, but. Oh, I just remember watching Donnie Darko on Halloween and, you know, this is Minnesota, so it's autumnal. Mm. It fit very much with the movie. I was Love great. that. It was wonderful. Uh, Patrick, there's so much more to say, but I'm just going to do a brief, very brief synopsis. Okay. okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A mentally unwell teen, Donnie Darko, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, is one day visited by a man in a giant rabbit suit that only Donnie sees. It's Frank. His name is Frank. And he tells him the world is going to end on the night before Halloween. He's like, 28 days six hours 21 minutes uh he also instructs donnie to do so all sorts of destructive things like flood his high school and set an inspirational speaker's house on fire uh other random things happen like an airplane engine falls into his room from the sky when he's not there he gets a girlfriend played by jenna malone all of this is connected to time travel and the potential for a portal to open up and donnie to go through it to go back in time but why? And to what purpose? I don't really know right now either. But that is Donnie Darko in a nutshell. Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko. That's him. Now, Patrick, you and I are both men now. Mm-hmm. Strong men. Yes. Uh, how was it watching this now? When was the last time you saw it before this most recent screening? Probably high school. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so that's a very and good question. How was it watching this now? I know this technically doesn't make sense because the stakes 
are high in the world of the movie, but it felt... I still very much loved the movie and enjoyed the movie, and I actually am excited to go back and watch the director's cut again. Um, since I watched a theatrical one, I'd be I'd be ready to watch the director's cut again right away because it's such a watchable movie. Uh, yeah. But it felt like kind of smaller, if that makes sense. A hundred percent. I felt a very similar thing. Okay. How can you like? How would you describe? Like for me, it felt. Um, yeah, the world just felt a little bit smaller and it felt uh, just like a little bit less... Magic? A little bit less magic, a little bit less all-consuming, and I felt a little bit less of that, you know, that angsty ennui that you feel as a teen. It, it didn't resonate yeah. quite as much. Um, and I'm still an angsty guy full of ennui, but... Uh, yeah, oh, we've got we got it by the buckets, man. Yeah, we got ennui to We're spare. hoarding it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah how would you characterize your experience watching it back it's it's so interesting just because like the feeling that i can't even describe the feeling of watching this movie when i was a teen it was just so all-consuming mm-hmm. i was like completely taken in by the vibe mm-hmm. you know and so i and you know what i'm not anti-vibe i love a vibe no even and though we're vibe destroyers kinda, we still love vibe we don't mean to destroy yeah, vibes it, we destroy we destroy them because we seek them so aggressively. Right. We're, we're not <laughs> that we gentle know, with like the vibe. Bulls and china shops. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I was kind of hoping to feel that vibe, but I think me too. I didn't feel it as much this time. And I mean, there were scenes that I was like, "Oh yeah, this is fucking like the uh, something oh. happens and I have that, a heels. That, that whole sequence. scene was great. And someone uh, posted it on Twitter me. like a few days before we. Or a few a few days before I watched it, and I was it made me even more excited to watch it because that's an exceptional sequence, the yeah. Tears for Fears head over heels sequence. And I liked the whole party. All the slow mo stuff was working for me in a lot of ways. The Killing Moon, surpri- the opening title sequence, uh, yeah. and the Bunny Man with him on his bike going through. It's so good. Sets a vibe I, immediately. But I was, I was, I think I was like, oh, there's a lot more stuff in here besides because i only remember it like the way i remember it is being very affected by the teen Mm storylines but i'm like there's so much more storylines with like the parents and like drew barrymore Mm -hmm. and like the pta and uh patrick swayze than i kind of remembered Mm -hmm. and i was kind of like this movie is trying to do i almost wish there was more vibe oddly enough and i felt like this movie was trying to do too much and when i watched it this time i was kind of like I was like, this sort of cribbed some stuff from American Beauty. Or that's what it kind of felt like to me mm, when I was watching interesting. it. And I feel like it was like both a commentary like on suburbia, but then also like a sci-fi vibe teen movie. And I kind of wish they had picked a lane, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, I, I felt like it felt too, it felt discombobulated more than I remembered. Mm, interesting. I I think the American Beauty comp is interesting. I think it's hard. Ne- I mean, I watched American Beauty again for the first time in forever. I watched it probably about three years ago. And I don't know. I don't know where I stand on whether or not it quote unquote holds up. But it felt like much more cruel than I remember, which is fine. And I know that's kind of part of the point, maybe. Like, yeah. And Donnie Darko, even though it's a very like no pun intended, like dark film. It's, it's suffused with melancholy and kind of sadness and, and violence, but it felt slightly more, I don't know if tender is the right word, but there's just something about it that, that 
innocent innocent maybe. yeah and maybe that's because of the, f- the framing of you know jake gyllenhaal is almost a sort of sacrificial donnie darko is kind of a sacrificial character in a way he's kind of a hero um i think also when i first saw it as a teen i totally bought everything i'm like whoa this is like all well-researched time travel stuff yeah, and yeah, it's like yeah. it's like accurate mental health commentary mm-hmm. but watching it this time i was like donnie darko has like serious mental issues and they are not being addressed in a proper fashion and he's being hypnotized i didn't you find all that i was like is this was this research he's having like severe hallucinations and the this the his psychiatrist is kind of like i'm a little worried about don yeah and then, but i was like he should be hospitalized this stuff is so out of left field you know yeah. i kind of agree with that but i think i was also i was really um eager to get back into the sci-fi elements of the story so i was like uh grabbing onto them and i loved i mean it's such an interesting notion and i remember at the time too being so obsessed with sort of mythology like there was a little book that came with one of the dvds it was like like a fake sort of you know roberta sparrow is like the old lady that's always grandma death they call her that's always looking in her mailbox yeah. for some reason over and over and she wrote this book called the philosophy of time travel in the movie and you could you could get like a copy that presumably was written by richard kelly or someone else and could read about all the different theories and i was like obsessed with that that kind of stuff because i was like oh maybe it's kind of i didn't actually believe it was plausible but it was fun to think it was plausible yeah but you know i feel like this movie is a little bit like twin peaks in a way mm-hmm you know, it's not unlike it, but I feel like Twin yeah. Peaks, they, it makes me just be like, what more is happening in this world? I want to explore this world more. Mm-hmm. But after watching Donnie Darko this time, I was like, is there, I don't really need, there's not, I don't need to see anything else, really. Really? I don't in know. terms of the, like the dynamics between everyone in this community or in the, the sci-fi elements? The sci-fi element. Gotcha. So if you were redoing... Know. Like Donnie Darko, or if you had been like, let's say you go back in time, uh, you yes. use the philosophy of time travel. You go back, and you're like an executive producer, producer on the project. You're like shepherding it through, and you're mentoring Richard Kelly. What would you yes. tell him to cut out or to focus on? Would you I encourage don't know. him to cut it, out the sci-fi stuff? No, I would okay. say I think the sci-fi stuff is the strongest stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think you, I think I would have cut out honestly the Patrick Swayze the that whole thing. Okay. Interesting. Even though it's like interesting and kind, of, I like Patrick Swayze's performance. It's it actually has very little to do with the plot. It's just sort of a footnote, like one of the things he does. Right. You it's know? like kind of like something that's designed to kind of shock. It's kind of like a sort of like screenwriter storyteller flourish. Oh, you, the guy was secretly a pedophile. Put that in there, and it's just like something else that you can be like, whoa. That's that's dark. That's creepy. but we spend a lot of time watching his videos and like with him, Patrick Swayze and stuff. And it's like I would have cut all that. I would have cut a lot of the parents stuff. Beth Grant uh, was so great though. The, sometimes I doubt your commitment to Sparkle Motion is such a great line. Here's my thing. I was like this time. I was a little irritated that it was uh-huh. trying to be okay. funny. Okay. I didn't like that there was like the comment. I was like this should have taken itself. I think. It would have aged better if it took itself even more seriously. So what did you think of the uh, the dad laughing when he heard what Donnie had said to uh, 
the Patrick Swayze character. He was kind of like laughing, leaving the principal's office when he heard what he had said. That's to, fine. Okay. I mean, but I just, I felt like that, like the whole Patrick Swayze thing was like, it was kind of trying to be like funny eighties. It's like, there's a boom mic in the shot. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It yeah. didn't, it didn't hit me. I didn't like it. There's a lot of tones in this. Mm-hmm. Maybe I've grown up Patrick and I've lost <laughs> the fun. The spark is gone. You know, it definitely Could the spark be gone. I still love this movie, but it, it's hard to admit i think so i mean it's hard to recapture something like that you know it's i yeah i think that's mainly what i'm grappling with i'm disappointed i didn't feel even kind of the same way i did when i first watched it Mm -hmm. and that that is not i feel like there are things that i watch that i liked when i was in high school and i watch it again and i go right back to that place and I feel it immediately. But this one just didn't trigger that for me. What's one that, that makes you feel that way that you can think of? Mean Girls. Oh, I really? love Mean Girls so much. Yeah. Cool. I'm trying to think of something that takes me I back to... I feel like to Rushmore. S- yeah, Rushmore is probably... Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, pro- yeah, probably Wes Anderson. Royal, Royal Tenenbaums and Rushmore are probably the two that really actually take me back to that time and place in my life and still retain their sort of magical element what is richard kelly been up to like i don't know well he famously did southland tales which some people have been trying to reclaim as like i have not seen it but some people are trying to reclaim it as like a lost classic or like a misunderstood (sighs) masterpiece have you seen southland tales I have not seen Southland Tales. It took for well, when I was at my obsession with Donnie Darko, they were like, "Oh, he's actually working on like an epic." Yeah, it's I called remember Southland this. Tales, and it, it also had kind of like it had a weird website. It was kind yeah. of mysterious. He had a lot of irons in the fire because he was also working on the gift at the same time, or the box. What was it called the box or the gift? No, I think it's called the. Or is it the box? What's in the box? Uh that's his last movie he wrote and directed. That was the last um, one. He hasn't done anything since then. He hasn't done a single thing since 2009. Oh, my God. I wonder what he's up to. He's almost 50 years old. That is wild. Uh, but, yeah, Southland Tales, it also had sort of a mythology going on that I was very intrigued by. And it's like, oh, there's actually comic books of this coming out before it's a prequel to it. And it was like, whoa. And then it like took forever to come out and it came out with like a whimper and it was, everyone was said it was bad. Yeah. Can you imagine and how yes, much I pressure have, that would be? I mean, there's pressure on, uh, yeah, I. Or do you like not think he, it would make a material difference? Like if you had a, a hit film that was your debut film, would you, you wouldn't feel any extra pressure to. I'm you, sure I would, but he already like, I feel like he, he had the confidence to make a very self-assured debut feature. He mm-hmm. has to have more confidence than I can even understand. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's true. Especially because he like insisted that he direct it too, and they were shopping it around. Like he wasn't yeah. even. It, he probably could have. I mean, production on basically from when he wrote it to when it got made, it all happened pretty quickly. But theoretically, it could have gotten made even quicker had he been you know, relented on his insistence on directing. If he had just been, like, yeah, it's sure, so- write it. It's, it's so funny when you read stuff about it. It's like everyone was afraid. Everyone loved the script, but everyone was afraid to touch it. It's like, oh my God, shut up. But I want to watch Southland Tales because I have seen the think pieces that is like reevaluating Southland Tales. Yeah. Like, and I'll see the, you know, we famously love discourse here on Fart House. Uh, I've seen discourse it. about people that have been like, the, that'll comment like, do not hit me with that Southland Tales like reclamation project, like trying to reclaim that it was like, actually of some you know piece of fine cinema instead it's it's just 
a pile that of was one of dog poopy. the rock's earliest acting things yeah is sean william scott in that too yeah sarah michelle geller sarah michelle geller. others right yeah yeah it seems like it was a mistake but i'm intrigued what's going on with that you know yeah i don't know i think i i think you know a movie like this no one really pokes hole like it was a hit but it did bad at the box office but it's like a cult class cult classic Mm -hmm. and so i don't think the expectations for it to be actually like sound script wise are there it's just like oh this is like interesting you know it doesn't but maybe maybe uh southland tales is held up to more scrutiny and it's like no this is not good you know did you you did you ever have a period with this movie where you thought it was uncool to like it or did you not think about it that much i think that period is right now oh right now i feel like this i feel like it's come back around to being cool to like donnie darko i i it was never my favorite movie to be honest i know i was talking about that i was obsessed with it but it wasn't like i made it part of my identity Mm -hmm. Uh, what was one that you made part of your identity like wes anderson stuff okay okay and there was a time where i was embarrassed but that's come around too i feel like Hmm. you know i Uh, used to think like it was we'll talk about this in our recalibration episode too but there was a time where uh, this became a movie where it felt like it was very uncool to say this was your favorite movie or that you thought it was good or that you thought it was powerful. It felt like a sort of like like a dumb person's idea of being smart, which is like obviously oh, like kind of a cruel. Yeah. I don't actually think that, but at the t- in the like sixteen year old yes. or like seventeen year old, eighteen year old brain, that's kind of like when I started turning against it, that's like kind of how I felt because like all these people I think that maybe I thought I was cooler col- than yeah, probably college, probably more so college. College. Uh, other movies in that group were definitely like Boondock Saints, like we mentioned. Like people loved that in high school, and then in co- college, it was kind of like, ooh, mm-hmm. don't that? That's for stupid people. And then also, Garden State was another yes, big one. Yes, Garden State's I, another excellent example. I loved Garden State. Mm-hmm. Another one where I was like, this has surpassed the medium <laughs> of cinema. It needs to be categorized as some other art form because it is so. It's just, it's past the threshold, you know? I don't uh, think I've watched a trailer as many times as I watched the Garden State trailer. Like oh it's, my God, it, are like, you joking? There's, for some, that trailer, it just fucking grabbed onto me and wouldn't Ain't let me go, dude. Down, <laughs> oh my God, so I was just like... Go, let go, I, in the break I, uh, I agree, I watched that so many times. I listened to the soundtrack on the way to watch Garden State (laughs) on the first day it came out. That's how obsessed we were. Have you seen the YouTube edit of um, when Natalie Portman's character gives Zach Braff's character the headphones to listen to the shins and it's just shitting noises? (laughs) No, I have not seen that. It sounds like the Jeff Daniels scene in Dumb and Dumber of him shitting. (laughs) It's just so funny. You know, seeing that Zach Braff and Natalie Portman look at each other while he's listening to it. It's really funny. You know, that movie got got and gets dunked on so much, but I'm thirsty for those type of movies now. Oh, I know. They don't make those sort of like I don't know. Well, it's emo. strange like even Michael Bay, people are like give us fucking Michael Bay because we're so starved for just anything remotely deviating from the machine i feel like garden state would just end up on netflix now yeah exactly all that shit just goes on netflix right away it's dark dude i don't know what to say uh but yeah i would love 
I, I take I like when people take swings. Mm-hmm. Everything's so real. Everything's so realistic now. Nothing's quirky or, you know, uh fantastical anymore. Everything's got to be so real. Well, real within me. the in the realm of the the superhero real. Yeah, but it's grounded. Everything's very grounded, right. I feel like. Yeah, it's all part Nothing's of... Nothing's whimsical. It's all part of what's... Kevin Feige... Feige? Feig, how do you pronounce Feige. his name? Feige. Kevin Feige. It's all yeah, part he, of his... He's the puppet master. His little universe. And that, I don't even hate watching those movies, but God almighty, have they... I it, It's it's hypnotized people. Did you see Multiver- Multiverse of Madness? No, I have not seen a Marvel movie since Avengers Endgame. I haven't watched any the the new Spider Mans. Uh, I haven't. I've not. They come too quickly. It's hard to keep up. That's another problem with it too. Like they they've killed any sense of anticipation. Like that used to be. I mean, it was kind of frustrating to have to wait so long sometimes. But also now they're just coming out all the time, so it just yeah. feels overwhelming to have to try and. And it feels like it's an in like yeah. It feels like you have to be in on everything at all times. So it gets like I don't even want to. I think where they really lost I think where they really lost me is when they got into TV and they're like oh you actually have to watch the TV shows too and I was like it's too much too much it's too much Uh, quick question for you I know we have to get to or we have to get to the fartsy test soon but uh, this is kind of along the lines what we've been discussing is did you see the Avatar 2 trailer it doesn't really have anything to do with Donnie Darko but it has to do I did watch the Avatar 2 trailer and to me it was indistinguishable from Avatar 1 Mm -hmm. I was like what what would make what would Make a person want to see this. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of it? I well, I did you like the first one? Uh, I liked it as much as anybody liked it. Probably, I enjoyed it. I okay. didn't. I Why? absolutely hated it. I I thought it was. Oh, awful. you hated it. I hated it. I've always hated it. I've never liked it. I just thought it's awful. And it's hard it's because it's, it's stupid. very cheesy. <laughs> it's stupid. It's just it's hard because I recognize the extraordinary. Uh, technological innovations that made it possible and the depth of talent and hard work that went into it. But I was just like, all for what? For just this so impossibly, colossally stupid story. And with just, it's just such awful characters and just, oh, it's just so awful. And I, I, I could not care less about, I'll probably end up seeing it just so I can at least like know what I'm talking about when I talk shit about on it. And yeah. maybe there'll be some cool stuff like in theaters that has actually that'll actually be like blow our minds again. But I'm just it came out like the last one came out like 13 years ago or something crazy. Right. Or like a long time ago. Yeah. 2009. Yeah. I'm pretty sure 2009 or 2010. It's, so 12, 13 years ago. A, I'm not the first one to say this or the second even. But there's that that has had the least grasp on culture. Like no one really remembers that movie or cares about that no, movie. Not at all. And. And I've heard I, people on like, Twitter trying to like push back on that narrative. I've, people are trying to defend it and push back on it and be like, well, you still talk about it and talk about how bad it is. And it's like, that's not the, there are other movies that have much more cultural impact, even outside of the superhero realm uh, that have had more cultural impact than this fucking thing. Maybe it's recency bias, but I don't know. I would say Par- eh, it's probably recency bias, but I was going to say Parasites had more of a cultural impact, but I, I think that, I don't. I didn't think it was like a bad movie, but when they when I watched the Avatar two trailer, I was like, I have no desire to return to this land. No. And like when I've watched 
even Marvel movies, I'm kind of like, ooh, I'd kind of like to get get in that world. What's going on there? <laughs> or like the Star Wars, I'll be like, oh, I'm a late, I'm interested, I'm intrigued. But yeah. that, I was like, I don't know, and not for me. I'll probably see it too, just to give myself some ammo, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, this actually, this whole discussion actually does kind of dovetail with Donnie Darko because Donnie Darko is kind of a multiverse situation. It is, yeah. It's the proto-multiverse. They, right. they, they Richard, forecast all this. <laughs> Richard Kelly was right. Yeah. Too. Everything was right. No, and I don't want to make it sound like I don't like Donnie Darko. I really like Donnie Darko. I, in fact, love Donnie Darko. I, I think it's really trying to do something interesting and unique. And I I just, it does feel like a, a, a younger person's movie. Did you see you know? who was supposed to play Donnie Darko but had to drop out due to scheduling? Uh, it was supposed to be Jason Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman was supposed to be in it. Uh, I could see. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is a much better choice than Jason Schwartzman. I agree. Also, Mark Wahlberg was also approached, but he insisted that he should play Donnie with a lisp, which is the most hilarious Mark Wahlberg anecdote. What a weird. <laughs> I hate when actors say like, I'm going to, I got, I'm going to, I got a voice I kind of want to work on. It's like, oh boy. Uh did you ever see S Darko? Have you heard of this? What is there's like a weird unrelated sequel called S Darko? Yeah, I remember when this came out and I I had completely forgotten that it was a thing. And it was Richard Kelly had no involvement and as you know no longer owns the rights to the original. That's a bummer. He resents being asked about it and he's never seen it. Ex- received extremely negative reviews. How bad could it be? <laughs> how bad can a film be it's just funny i'm like i understand making shitty sequels to movies of course if yeah. the studio has the rights go ahead but donnie darko that's like make i just it's so odd well you know it's funny because i was gonna ask you almost tongue-in-cheek before like would you watch a donnie darko like miniseries or like tv series because it's already it's established that all these different uh universes exist there's the tangent universe the primary universe at least you could explore so many different things so would you be curious at all and oh i would (laughs) i actually would i i I think i would uh especially if richard kelly was involved okay he apparently is working on something what are you looking what's your intel wikipedia oh what's your intel what do you get your i can't tell you it's a secret source dude my secret donnie darko source patrick let's yeah. move on to the varsity test would you all right this is the Fozzie test we use this test to determine the fartiness of a movie which is our scale that gauges how impenetrable unapproachable and generally artsy fartsy movie is we continually add and subtract from this list it's a living document much like the constitution but far more important than the constitution yes Come on. <laughs> disorienting editing choices i'd say so i'd say so yeah did you think they did a good job with the special effects in the movie surprisingly yes me too. I thought they did a good job, and I thought they held up really well, especially for a movie made yeah. in 2001. I thought it looked really cool. Yeah. Were oh, you, you know, scared cool. by this movie when you saw it? Yeah, I was. I was kind of scared, especially when I saw it in theaters at midnight. I was like, ha, ha. Oh, I was also, my parents were out of town that weekend, too, Ooh. so there was an extra, I was I was alone. The scenes uh, with, with Frank, who we didn't even really discuss Frank too Frank. much. Did you think Frank was a freaky-looking character? Do you think they did a good yeah, job with design? Wouldn't? Yeah, I thought they did a Very really freaky. good job with the design. Played by indie heartthrob James Duvall. Oh, is he in Doom Generation? 
Yeah, he's in the Doom generation. He's in uh, so many May. He's in so many ah, wonderful that's indie who movies. That is gotcha. Also, did you make the connection that maybe I just wasn't paying attention for a second? But did you make the connection that Frank was Maggie Gyllenhaal's boyfriend, Jake Gyllenhaal's? So Maggie Gyllenhaal plays Jake. Jake Gyllenhaal plays Donnie's sister in the movie, and yeah, Frank is her boyfriend. I understood that. Oh, you did. I kind of went over my yeah. head. Well, I mean, I understand it when she was like, where's Frank? Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. At the party? Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, what happened to Jenna right. Malone? She was in every, like, fantastic indie movie of the I early know. 2000s. I mean, she came back in Neon Demon, and she was great in Neon Demon. I love Jenna Malone. I used to have a big crush on her. Mm-hmm. Same. Did you Not ever see her. this movie with Ryan Gosling called, uh, I think it's called The United States of Leland? It's like no, such I never like a Sundance movie. sort of like, oh my God. Is she in it? She's in a lot of those. She's movies. in it, yeah. It's like it's like a prototypical like Sundance indie angsty movie. And hold on, I'm gonna look Nice. Yeah. I remember I remember thinking it was so good. It's with Don Cheadle, Ryan Gosling, Chris Klein, Jenna Malone, Lena Olin, Kevin Spacey, and Michelle Williams. And it follows a meek teenage boy, the eponymous Leland, who has inexplicably committed a shocking murder. In the wake of the killing, his teacher in prison tries to understand the senseless crime while the families of the victim and the perpetrator struggle to cope with the aftermath. Just like wow. such, a, such a Sundance. Yeah, she, Jenna Malone, she was also in Saved around this time. She was in everything. Oh, and yeah. then I, yeah, I just haven't seen her yeah. in a while. Miss her. Come back, Jenna. Yeah, come back, Jenna. Join us. Uh, is there inappropriately long gazing? Kind, yes. Donnie's always gazing at himself. Yeah, or at Frank. Or at Frank, always gazing at Frank. Yeah, Frank sometimes gazing back at Donnie. Yeah, lots of gazing. <laughs> uh, is there suicide? Yes. Yeah. Donnie, Donnie sacrifices himself. But he's having a good time doing it. He's yeah. laughing all the way to the bank with that one. He seemed pretty happy about it. Would you have done that if, if you had the opportunity Wait, to? Wait, I'm kind of, I hate to ask plot questions, mm-hmm. but I am even confused to this day. How did Donnie go back in time? A wormhole opened up. And he just went in it? I guess he just went in it, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, that's, I don't remember exactly. <laughs> well, because they kept being like, a metal craft. He has to be in a metal craft. I but... think, too, what we're seeing the whole time is the tangent universe. Like, we're seeing... Uh, yeah. It's like we're seeing everything that that could have happened it's like that's that's all fake and then we see what actually happened at the end kind of but what created the tear frank donnie no frank didn't create the tear because frank kind of came back to sort of manipulate donnie a little bit or help him to understand what he had to do so the world didn't end but i don't know what what it's a good question i don't oh i think the the jet engine falling created the tear but Donnie, what did Donnie do to prevent the end of the world? So by him dying, uh, I don't know. I guess he's just the sacrificial lamb. But, but presumably it saves his mom and his sister because then they don't get on the plane to go to California for sparkle motion. Gretchen doesn't get hit by the car with Frank. Oh, Frank yeah, doesn't die true. because Donnie doesn't kill him, which also it's kind of weird that Donnie just kills for kills that was inexplicable he just shoots him it's quite and, a yeah because it's like because it's like he found the gun it's like ooh, that means something and it's like and then he just chooses it to shoot somebody it's like <laughs> yeah. huh did that 
need to happen i mean I, I i can't imagine how inconsolable and enraged i'd be if someone ran over my girlfriend but i don't know if i would oh uh, maybe i'd shoot them in the mo- but i wouldn't have a gun on me i don't know i don't know i don't know what i would do this is I, <laughs> well, what if retreat your little retreat <laughs> Line of We're getting sucked into the tangent universe. Uh, does someone masturbate? Is there a penis in this movie? No penis, but Donnie does try to start masturbating. Donnie does start to almost masturbate. So I have questions about that therapist because every time Donnie's being hypnotized and like one time he wakes up and he was starting to masturbate and he's like, what happened? And then the next time she wakes up and he's like holding him on the floor, it would yeah. be like... Stop hypnotizing me, <laughs> you weird old lady. But yeah, her approach is very suspect. But I guess this was, what year is this, 86, 88, something like that? 88, yeah. Uh, I do think, I know in reading about the production of the movie and the development, Richard Kelly really set out to evoke this very sp- particular time in his childhood. And I think he was extremely successful in doing yeah. so. I wish I could create a movie that was that evocative of a time in my yeah. life. It feels like something. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Yeah. Are there topics, images, or behaviors that go beyond what would be considered acceptable in a mainstream film? I mean, it's very confusing, this mm-hmm. movie. I mean, you and I were just grappling with it. We've seen this movie <laughs> yeah, a bunch of times. It's pretty confusing. And uh, Frank, the character, the bunny in the bunny suit, is very jarring. It scared the hell out of me when I first saw this movie. I thought yeah. it was frightening. Yeah, it is frightening. And, you know, there's some, like, things that have not aged well, some racist shit that people said i was like i know they're trying to make these bullies look bad but i still don't think that would be in a movie now yeah you know remember when uh, we also didn't mention that seth rogan is is in the oh my god as one of the bullies jarring (laughs) yeah he's one of the bullies and he's like didn't your mom or didn't your dad like kill your mom like what on earth so evil to say yeah i mean teenage boys are bad yeah it's true they're bad yeah yeah I hate the teens. Did you like Noah Weil of ER fame showing up as a teacher and I always somehow an wily. expert on time travel? You might be right. I just thought it was wild because there's no I in it. I thought it was funny when Donnie Darko has all these follow-up questions and he's basically like, I cannot continue this yeah, conversation. He, I can and he was like, job. why? I can lose my job. And I was like, could you though? Or do you just not want to keep talking to this weird kid? It sort of felt like the latter. It's really funny. I thought that was really, I remember when I first saw that the stakes of that conversation seemed so high, like, oh, he's guarding some sort of secret. He knows, <laughs> like watching it again. Yeah. <laughs> what? What's going to happen? What? What? And what was he, what, would, what did he ask that like crossed the line? I didn't feel like he was I like, think he he asked, was just asking, I don't know. What's a living receiver? I think or something. Like, Cause Donnie is the living receiver. I think, I think he asked something okay. having to do with that. But I was just like, this doesn't seem that bad. <laughs> Very strange. And then why did Drew Barrymore get fired? That was like also like, I don't know. Drew Barrymore's whole character was kind of stupid. I know. Too. Well, she funded the whole movie. I know. Yeah. So good for her. That's really anyway. cool. Four and a half million dollars. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. She actually is a pretty good director, too. I really liked her uh, directorial debut. Um, oh, it's the, the Roller, roller Derby, derby one, right? Yeah. Um, what? Whip It. Whip it with Elliot Page. I really like that. Movie. And um, what's this in that? There's, Others. No, there's some other famous actors too, right? Jenny or uh, J- uh, what's her face? I don't know. Whip uh, it is good. Anyways, okay. Whip it's good. Uh, I liked Whip it. Cool. Uh, can Peanut start watching this movie after movie after eight p.m. without falling asleep? Yes. Started it after eight and made it through. And you were locked in. Locked in. Even watched a little bit Great. of Sex in the City after to 
wind wow. down. Yeah. Wind down. Wind down. Which is vibrating it, from the vibes. <laughs> vibes. <laughs> oh, I was over-caffeinated by vibes. Is there an inordinate amount of milling about so much so this could be retitled We're the Millers? A degree. Like he's not kinda, too much, But though. not too much. He's kind of... There's kind of putzing about. He's putzing a little bit. But there's mostly... It's mostly propelling plot forward because he's having conversations with people. He's not... He's like either talking with Frank or with Gretchen or his psychiatrist and yeah, not not too much, but he's kind of fucking about on his bike sometimes. Yeah. Poster titillation level. I'm going to say something sort of shocking. I think kind of medium to low. I like the poster didn't like intrigue me. I'd say medium. I don't think for me not low, but I would say medium. I think it it could have been There are some alternate posters that are really really cool, but if you look at the primary ones that were used for uh, the original DVD cover and the initial run. Yeah. They're, he looks like just sort of a murderous teen. Yeah. And that's not exciting. No. There's a I've degree of intrigue, but yeah, I'd say medium. Patrick, take your mind back to when you first saw this movie. What is your fartsy score? From when I first saw the movie? Well, I mean, just put yourself in that place because you need to think about it like you're new like you're haven't seen this that's before. tough though because all right give it whatever score you want i didn't mean to challenge you <laughs> uh 7.1 8.6 mm, i knew that i know that i'm a kind i'm kind of low i think if i were to put myself back if i'm going back to when i first saw it i would put i would give it an 8.6 now it's just okay yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna revise i'm gonna go an eight it was just, when I first saw it, I was like, I don't understand this, but I am this movie. Yeah. Like, I don't understand myself. <laughs> you know? I think so much of it, of what I use for this, I, I need to be more nuanced in my approach, but some of it is like, is it boring or not boring? And I didn't think this was boring at all when I first saw it, so. But it was... Yeah, I didn't think uh, it was boring, but... It was challenging to... Challenging? To digest. I need to revisit Fight Club as well. These were two movies I liked around the same time. I would like to revisit Fight Club, and I would like to revisit... Um, There's another movie I was thinking the other day I'd like to revisit. Snatch? No, I've watched Snatch pretty recently, and I still think it's absolutely hilarious. I still think it's an incredible movie. I love Snatch. Um, I have not seen that in so long. I've actually watched it a couple times recently. It used to play all the time at this bar that I used to go to in San Diego called Fernside, and then have Snatch mm. on all the time. Interesting. Um... Yeah, Fight Garden Club is State? a big one. I feel like there's something else I wanted to revisit. I can't remember. Garden Garden State? No. You don't want to revisit that? No, I, I would. I can't remember. I'll, don't I'll, wanna... I'll, I'll keep folks posted if I remember. There's oh, a yeah. lot of things keep I'd a... like to revisit. But Fight Club, I You'll post it on the Discord. Yeah, I'll post it on the Discord. I'll ask on the Discord, oh. folks, what's something I want to revisit? <laughs> <laughs> Knowing my warped brain, what do you think I'd want to revisit? Uh, Patrick... The movie we're talking about next week is Slacker. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to be in Austin, baby. Yeah. So we're going to watch it together? No. Oh, okay. Weird. I don't think we should. Weird flex. Weird flex, but okay. You don't want to watch it together? Uh, No, I don't want to waste an evening on watching. We can look at each other while we watch. Well, what about like a lazy morning? Oh, I do uh, want to have discussions, and we're going to have them on the air. How early are you planning on getting up? Even though you're already back home in LA, how early did you get up while you were here? I'm planning. 
Well, are you concerned I'm going to be waking up at the crack of dawn? I'm concerned you're gonna, that you woke up very early every day that you were here. But here's the thing, Patrick. If I wake up at 6 a.m. my body time, mm-hmm. it is already 8 a.m. central time. Eight's so let's already, say I wake, eight is, is already too way too early. I'm just saying. Okay. Okay. I'll probably my body usually wakes me up around eight. Okay. On a weekend, so that mean that would mean it would be around ten. Okay. And then were you like itching to go every day that you were here, or were you like cool with like go? Some, yeah, to like get the day going. I don't need to do anything, Patrick. Okay. So you're you know fine, what? Just I'll kind stay of... with someone else. No, actually. no, no, no. I don't... <laughs> you, you didn't stay with someone else. You stayed with me. <laughs> oh, that's right. Prior to the incident. <laughs> See, this is like a time warp conversation that I'm having a hard time following. Much like Donnie Darko. Yes. Uh, yeah, we're going to do Slacker. Okay, so we did not watch Slacker together because Casey didn't want to watch a movie with me. Okay. I'll let. Uh, <sighs> canceling the plane ticket. I went somewhere else. Uh, guys. If you want to follow us on socials, we're Farthouse Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Patrick on Twitter at Patrick R. Mallon. On Letterboxd, he's at Pierre Mallon. I'm Casey Lee O'Brien on all services. And hey, become a patron of the farts at patreon.com slash farthousepod. It really helps the show. We've got some fun things coming up soon. So, you know, uh, check them out, man. It's going to be tight. It's great. We love it. We love it. We love it. Uh, oh, Patrick, you know what? We're about to record our second episode right after this. Yeah, you ready? I have some notes that how the the other episode, the other movie we watched, had similar themes to Donnie Darko. Mm. Did you have any points to that? I'll bring them up on our bonus recalibration episode. Okay. Yeah, I have some. I have some things to add on that. Very cool. And hey, guys, leave us a five-star review. It really helps the show. And cheers Patrick up, and God knows he needs it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I just got rejected for a job. I'm just looking at it here. Oh, Patrick, why'd you look that up right I now? I don't know. The email came up. To be fair, oh. I didn't actually fully apply. I asked if it was open, but... And they said not for you. They said they're making an offer to someone else. Ugh. I'm never going to get another Sorry, job. Patrick. Anyways... Oh, what job a great note to end on. <laughs> Nothing worse than applying give for us, jobs. Give us a five-star review, please. <laughs> please give him a five-star review. Tell him you think you'd hire him if you were a hiring manager. Uh, that is us. We're the Cinephile Cuties signing off. Bye. Patas. 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 Patas.